0: Gospel Message, Week 62 Jesus or Me. Genesis chapter 4, verses 2 to 7 reads When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd, while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry? the Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. It's interesting how we fail to look at the similarities between the first fruits of Adam and Eve, meaning their sons Cain and Abel, and the establishment of the sin nature in man after the fall. Abel, represented by what he offered to God, was pleasing to God. Cain, by what he offered to God, was pleasing to himself. The two natures that now live in man were literally exhibited in man's first fruits, meaning the sons of Adam and Eve and what the sons offered to God. Before Cain killed Abel, God spoke to him, warned him, encouraged him to resist. Yet when it came, to the voice of God versus the urge of the enemy. He chose the urge of the enemy and disobeyed God and killed his own brother. Likewise, God gave the verbal command to Adam and Eve. The enemy spoke deceit, which created an urge. Eve cleaved to the urge and she spoke to Adam who also cleaved to the urge and disobeyed God Galatians 5 verses 16 to 17 read so I say let the Holy Spirit guide your lives then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves the sinful nature wants to do evil which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so that you are not free to carry out your good intentions. In both of these instances, though God, represented by the Spirit, gave instruction, guidance, encouragement on what he wanted done, Satan, the source of the sinful nature, also gave instruction and encouragement to Eve, Adam, and to Cain to do the very opposite of what God wanted. And it so happened that this opposite action appealed to a desire that was within them and they chose to fulfill their desire over obeying God's will. And this is how the pattern of sin was established, which simply is doing my will over God's will. But not only was it established in Adam and Eve by their actions, but it was also illustrated to us by God In the natures of Cain and Abel. We Christians today don't seem to realize how Satan has effectively woven the same manner of deceit by which he caused Adam, Eve, and Cain to cleave to self over surrendering to God into the world that we so desperately long to be a part of. Satan has blurred the line so much that we don't know the difference between his lies and God's truth, simply because we are certain that we are already walking in the truth. And this is why discipleship is so physically hard. Jesus says in Mark eight thirty four, if anyone will follow after me, let him first deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Discipleship is not simply to carry one's cross and follow. We must first deny our Deny the urge to satisfy and please ourselves. That strong, compelling urge, the same one that Adam and Eve could not resist, the same urge that Cain could not resist, Christ says, deny it, resist it, it desires to have you. Many of us as Christians take up our crosses and follow Christ in line with laboring due to our spiritual gifts and our zeal. It comes under the umbrella of what we hear all the time when we're told to work for God, to labor for God. It's very easy to do physical work, physical external work and say we are doing it for God. It's very easy to feed the homeless and hand out food and clean and come together to do lots of external things. However, it's very, very hard to deny ourselves because when Christ tells us to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him, he says we should deny Our sinful nature deny the compelling urge to do our will over doing God's will so we work for God yes we do but we also yield to our sinful natures as well and like Cain we're genuinely grieved when we fall and when we transgress and we're made aware of the fact that we have transgressed but we can't seem to keep from falling and that is why we're constantly begging the Lord to have mercy on us and to forgive our sins. Like Romans seven twenty four says, oh, what a wretched being I am. It's heartbreaking. It is. But what is it about this flesh and blood body? What is it about this human nature that makes it so hard for us to do what Christ is asking us to do? But Romans seven twenty five also says thank God for the life of Christ in the Holy Spirit Christ who did successfully resist the urge he came in the flesh in this body of flesh that we are housed in tempted as we are tempted Satan tried to deceive him the way he successfully deceived Adam, Eve, and Cain and the way he successfully deceives us. But he tried it on Christ and he failed because Christ was not deceived. He did not succumb to the urge to do his will over his Father's will. As he said so many times in the Gospels, I came to do the will of my Father and he did it successfully he's the only one who has done it who can do it and that is why this Christ who did resist the urge now invites us to come to him so that we may receive his life so that as he lived in total submission to his father's will we may do it also but not in our own strength in his life and that is where the denial comes in i must deny myself everything that i know and i understand and thinking i can do this thing in my own will and recognize adam couldn't do it eve couldn't do it cain couldn't do it and so many after them could not do it but christ did it and that's why he says come to me romans 8 from verses 1 to 17 read there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in christ jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit for the law of the spirit of life in christ jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit mind the things of the spirit for to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against god for it is not subject to the law of god neither indeed can it be so then they that are in the flesh cannot please god but we are not in the flesh but in the spirit if so be that the Spirit of God dwells in us. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in us, then our bodies are dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he. That raised up Christ from the dead, shall also quicken our mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwells in us. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself bears witness within our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so, be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Therefore, when we hear the question, Jesus or me, the question we honestly need to ask ourselves is, am I walking after the flesh or am I walking after the spirit? Do I constantly mind the things of the flesh of this world or the things of the Spirit. Galatians five, nineteen to twenty one tells us that the works of the flesh are manifest. They are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, wrath, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, strife, seditions, heresies, Envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, and they which do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. It is very easy for us to go down this list and pass ourselves, even though we might want to check the definitions of all of these words first before we think that we're not guilty of them. And we may believe that we're not guilty of any of these acts. But verses 22 to 23 of that same Galatians 5 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So the real question should be, is the fruit of the Spirit in its entirety evident in my life? And if not, how desperate am I for Jesus Christ to make it evident? Because if we can pass ourselves that we don't commit certain works of the flesh, yet the fruit of the Spirit is still not evident in our lives, then are we still not walking after the flesh? Are we still not yielding to ourselves? Know that self, the urge of the flesh, that same thing that Satan used to deceive Adam and Eve and Cain in the beginning, that urge, that thing called self, will always make excuses as to why we cannot be what the Lord is asking us to be meaning living in the fruits of the Spirit. It will always make excuses and say, well, we're doing our best. But we have to reject that voice that tells us that we're doing our best. Because nowhere in the Bible does God say, do your best. He says, obey my voice. Nowhere in the Bible does Jesus urge us to do our best. He says, come to me receive my life deny yourself take up your cross and follow me flesh and blood the carnal mind common sense cannot obey god only a life surrendered to christ led by the holy spirit can and desires to obey god therefore let us stop trying to accomplish by half-measure human effort that which can only be accomplished by total human surrender. Romans three twenty to 24 tells us, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. So we all have a choice to make. Will it be Christ or will it be me? Will we yield to the voice of the Spirit whom the Lord has sent to guide us? Or will we yield and give in to the urge of self within us? inspired by the voice of Satan it can't be both it is never both because Matthew 6 24 tells us no man can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to one and despise the other Ye cannot serve God and mammon so we Christians followers of Christ, Christ Christ-seekers, in every moment, in every circumstance of every day, we must choose who will it be, who will I honor, who will my life glorify. And as the scripture says today, when you hear his voice, harden not your heart, It is up to us to open our hearts when the Lord brings his word to us, especially the word that leads to our regeneration. It is not by power, it is not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. But we must be willing to receive this spirit and allow this spirit to do in us what it is purposed to do in us. So that Christ in us will obey the will of the Father. May we continue to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.